Welcome back to another episode of Louisiana Ladies. My name is Melissa Torito. And I am Maggie Robinson. And this is a podcast with with no no agenda. agenda. We would love if you guys would subscribe to the podcast and that way you never miss a new episode. Additionally, when you subscribe, if you could rate and review, we would really appreciate that as well. We are also on social media, both Instagram and Facebook, so please give us a follow at Louisiana Ladies Podcast. And Maggie? You can reach us at our email address, louisianaladiespodcast at gmail.com. Okay, guys, we are back. Another episode of Louisiana Ladies, and we actually have a Louisiana lad that should be sitting in this room, but he's not because while these the recording was at 1 p.m. on everybody's calendar, for some reason he thought it was at 1.30. <laughs> so while we wait for our guests, since time is of the essence, and let's cheers, girls. We are all treating. open mine. Open it. Ooh, this sound ASMR. Effect. Yeah. We're cheersing. Not, we do not have alcohol. We have the Lacroix hibiscus flavored soda water. The last, the so last good. three that were in the refrigerator. And I'm going to be honest. This one was one that I definitely turned my nose up before because there's like a flower on the front. And I'm like, is it going to taste like a flower? Can we just say shout out to Falk and Winkler for this? Shout three out Lacroix? to Falk and Winkler. I love flower drinks, though. Which also, y'all, the, I mean, the big announcement, was it at the, I don't know if it was in October, but like that you don't have to pay for these anymore, okay? We used to have it where people would have to put a quarter in some sort of drawer, and it was the quote-unquote honor, honor system. system. <laughs> Since I became a partner, I'm just going to go ahead and admit I never paid for one. I felt like I actually have already paid for these, so I didn't need to pay for them again. Um, so anyway, I'm pretty sure I would just like drop $5 in there when I thought about it, oh, yeah. which I don't know. Whenever I like, give people orientations and take them on the tour, I always felt bad being like, this is where you pay. <laughs> I know. It was, it, it was needed to be revamped. We're stepping up. We are stepping up, you know? So we got LaCroix and all kinds of things. So I figured we could just like chat a little bit with uh, my faves, Lainey and Maggie. Um, but I got to tell everybody the story. <laughs> About Uber Eats. Okay. Lainey, have you heard this story, right? I have. Okay. Did I tell you? Yes. Well, I heard you telling Catherine, and then you told me again in the kitchen. Oh, okay. So, um, so Saturday night, Patrick and I took an Uber to and from an event, you know, because that is the responsible thing to do. And Sunday morning, as we are, as I am drinking, side note, lick, strawberry liquid IV with a packet of true lemon is legit, okay? So I'm drinking that in my 40-ounce Stanley cup. Our doorbell rings, and of course, the dogs go berserk. And they typically go super berserk when there's somebody standing at the door. So like, if the male person comes, then they kind of bark, and then they settle down. But I was like, somebody's at the door, well, at this point, the person has started walking away, and I, I open the door, and it is a food delivery. And I'm thinking that somebody got this delivered to the wrong house. Like, we have not ordered food. I thought maybe we accidentally ordered it on Saturday night when we got home. We didn't. So, um, but the package has Patrick's name on it. I don't know where it's from because there is no receipt. And I'm like, hmm, what is this? Is this a trick? So... Took a little bit. Patrick's the one that said, maybe somebody like stole our credit card or something and they charged this food to it. Turns out our credit card was not necessarily stolen because we both had our credit cards, but our Uber account was hacked. Somebody managed to get into our Uber account. Now I'm saying this and I hope our listeners aren't like Melissa, you are an idiot. This is how that happens, but I still can't really figure out exactly how that happened, right? So once we figured that out, I called the credit card company. They put a hold on the credit card company, changed my password to Uber. Uh, at, at this moment, I don't have a credit card linked up to Uber. So uh, Patrick didn't check his email till the next day for the email confirmation because it goes to a different email account. I was like, oh, check your email. Like, see what the confirmation said. Well, sure enough, he got two emails. The one that went through and then the second one where the person tried again because they either, I'm still confused. Either this person was trying to see if like my credit card worked and this was like a test because we've had that happen before. Like somebody's bought a Coke in San Antonio or something to see if the credit card will go through. But I'm still confused about the food delivery. 
shouldn't they pick a different location to not set you guys, like, I feel like you're telling Why would you deliver it to my house? Yeah. Were you going to come to my house and pick up this food? And by the way, if you're going to steal somebody's credit card and try to order Uber Eats, wouldn't you order, like, a lot of food and not just one Chinese dish from a random place think, off of Segan? I think it was a test. Yeah. But I feel like... Why would they send it to your house? Because obviously you're going to see it and know something right. sketchy is up. Yeah, because they're a bad hacker. Yeah. Right. Or maybe they thought I'd be like, oh, I don't know. Let me not look. Let me, let me not look into it. It's the most random place because I've passed that restaurant and it looks <laughs> sketch. Yes. And like, it sounds sketch. You didn't order from like a well-known place. Or they didn't order. Right. And that's why when people were like, I told some of my friends and they were like, are you sure that you didn't order this, Melissa? And I was like, not from that place. I mean, don't get me wrong. I drank some wine on Saturday night, but like, that's not the place I would have ordered from. Okay. So, um, you know, so our awesome IT expert at the firm told me. Too, and again, I'm gonna sound like an idiot. I think a lot of people are just, we're just all a little too trusting. But she was like, anything, any app, any website that has your credit card information linked to it, you need to have the two factor authentic- authentication. Mm-hmm. Um, because that way, if this person would have tried to get in, it would have texted you. Texted you. You know? So I was like, that's smart. But I just, that is not what I would have thought somebody would have hacked into. So let me just ask you all this. I took an Uber there. I took an Uber back. My Uber account has never been hacked. Do you think that that's a coincidence? What do you mean? That you took an Uber the night before the yeah. hack happened? Like it was one of my Uber drivers or it was one of my Uber driver's friends or somehow me and Patrick said something in the car that... Oh, I don't know. You think they know how... Like, let me just... Let's just talk about how trusting we are just to... Like, Uber's very interesting, right? We literally, on an app, get this car to sometimes come pick us up at our house. And we get in the car. And you're clearly leaving. Yes. Mm -hmm. You're clearly leaving your house. And if you discuss about how long you're going to be gone... Or where you're going... And if you're Ubering, at least in Baton Rouge, where... We all have car, our own cars. You're probably drinking, so you're probably going to be gone for an extended period of time. And then you're going to get in the Uber coming back, and you're going to be totally buzzed and talk about God knows what in the Uber car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So here's what we need. You know what we need? Dad, I need you to drive me places. <laughs> <laughs> we all just need personal chauffeurs. Yeah. Yeah. Is anybody does Does that exist? Yeah. Sure it does. Just rent a limousine. (laughs) But you know what's interesting? I think just the more that all of these apps with our payment information become common, like the hacking is too. Because I think I told you there was a hack a while back where people were going in Domino's accounts and stealing like the free pizza. Oh, yeah. And then having it delivered to their house. Well, and I I Googled like maybe (laughs) maybe Uber had been hacked, right? And that was a coincidence. But y'all, I mean, I'm serious. Like, I, I took an Uber there, I took an Uber back, and then Sunday morning, somebody decides to order Chinese food from, and it wasn't the Uber Eats app, it was the Uber app oh. that has a food tab to it. That's where the order oh. recorded. Weird. It's not in our Uber Eats order history. It is in the Uber app under food. That's very weird. Okay, our lad just called. Let's see what he wants. He's not eight minutes away. I think he lied. I thought that was him who just parked. I'm about to just park. Okay. Well, we're recording. So, can you come? Just, I need you to come in the front and come into this conference room by Tommy's office. By Tommy's office. On the left? On the, uh, past his office to the left or right? Past his office uh, to the uh, left. I think it says conference room C. Okay. Hey, how come Banner's traffic sucks so bad? All right. See you later. Bye. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It is rough. But yeah, no, the whole thing to me was just very, very odd. It was very weird. And he got out, his office is kind of across town too. <laughs> Segway alert. We were, talking, we were talking about traffic. We were talking about the Uber thing. Sorry, I'm so caught up on the traffic. Traffic does suck. Tra- traffic. So last, no, it was the Thursday that you guys went on vacay. It was, the interstate was closed for... Five Wait, hours. Was that the day of the fish accident? 
I don't know, some tour bus. Yes. Fish accident. The truck driver was carrying, Uh, like, 80 tons of frozen fish. And that's why it couldn't stop in time. Because there was so much weight on the truck. And Maggie, literally. Isn't that why they have those weigh stations? To make sure that they're not... I don't know. Over Everything. But all the frozen fish... On the interstate. Yum. Everything was gridlocked. You couldn't get it. Like, so where, where Andy's office is, where our Louisiana lad's office is, it would have taken me at least an hour. That's insane. And, like, we're, we don't live in Texas. It shouldn't take... It was so aggravating. Well, that's what's frustrating about Baton Rouge, though, is that we have worse traffic than these big cities because they have the infrastructure to take care of That's it. because we build stuff. I mean, I'm not an expert, sorry. But I feel like we build stuff and we don't think about the roads. No, that's true. Or, you know what You know what really is a pet peeve? I'm just going to throw it out there. And I still go to these places. But establishments that do not have enough parking. <laughs> if I pull into a place and there's nowhere to park, I, I just want to leave. Hey, he's here. He's here. He's made it. <laughs> we got you hooked up. Okay, awesome. <laughs> and we're on live. <laughs> Some editing. How's everybody doing? I recorded that phone call. Okay. Then we started talking about the traffic. But you're a a podcast expert, so it's not like you needed to come in. I needed to tell you anything. That's right. Okay. Yeah. We connected. So our Louisiana lad is technically Andrew, right? Oh, well, technically. Formally. Formally Andrew, which really freaks me out when people call you Andrew. Are we going by our official names? Well, I'm just wanted to say he's been Andrew. Oh, really? Right. Yeah, you didn't know that. Probably, but I forgot. <laughs> Maggie's Maggie. I'm formally Maggie. Formally, yeah. Yeah, so it's Andrew Bush, but Andy we Bush. call him Andy Bush. Andy Bush. And normally I just say it just like that, Andy Bush. Andy Bush. Right. So Andy was on our TPA Tidbits podcast for all of our Louisiana ladies listeners that want to just pop on over to that one. And let me tell you what, ladies, riveting. <laughs> it was riveting. It was one of the best TPA Tidbits. It was, I was editing it. I didn't sit in the room and I was like, this is some good stuff. Yeah. It was very I got a little was, scared, though, because you were talking about how, you know, when you retire, you don't know if you're going to live to be 90. And I was like, oh, what if I just run out of money? That's right. That's why you plan. That's why you, you plan. For <laughs> I never thought day. about that before. Something to think about. Okay. So, Andy, how long have we known each other? Whew, at least 10 years. 10-year anniversary. That's right. And truthfully, it's really like an anniversary. <laughs> okay. So, Andy, where are you from? Uh, I was born in Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. And uh, we moved down. Uh, we moved to a little small farm when I was one. Until I was nine in Indiana, southern Indiana, and then uh, we moved down to Baton Rouge in 1979. Okay, and you've been here ever since? Ever since. But when you say we, your whole family? Yeah, the whole family. But I thought... I you- didn't move as a nine-year-old to Louisiana by myself. <laughs> but I thought your I mean, I dad... Okay, okay, you- <laughs> okay. It's been a long week. What's, yeah. what's today? Oh, God, it's only Wednesday. Is today only Wednesday? Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. Yes, my dad does live up there now. D- so he moved back. He moved back. So my parents divorced when I was a senior in high school. And uh, he stayed down here. He was finishing his uh, college degree, his uh, bachelor's degree at LSU, finished. And then, um, and then him and his next wife moved back up there. Okay. So, so a little tangled. We get we don't want to get all the details of it. Yeah, details, family stuff. Right, okay, right. so um, so you've been here ever since then, and you have, Lord, this is sad. You have three brothers and a sister. Close. Do you have four brothers? I have four brothers and one sister. Okay. So there. Oh, that's right. Bill, Pete, the the guy that lives in Germany. Yeah. So okay. Joe, who lives in Germany, is the oldest. Okay. He lives in Zwingenberg. Look it up. It's actually a very quaint little cottagey type of a uh, town south of Darmstadt. Uh, Bill is second. B- uh, Pete is next. Then our sister Polly, nurse practitioner. Tom, who works at BASF, and then the baby. The baby. Okay, so you're one of six. I'm one of six. For some reason, I always think you're one of five. I'm not sure why. Yeah. There was one that was uh, behind me that uh, died at birth. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Did not, I don't think I knew that either. Yeah. We don't talk about it much. We don't. Okay. Yeah. How old were you when that happened? I was, I think I was three. Oh, okay. Yeah. So pretty young. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so that's your, where'd you go to college? So the first two years I went to 
little school in Melbourne, Florida called Florida Institute of Technology. Mm. And uh, I walked on, played baseball for them, but then came back to LSU because they were expensive and we didn't have the money. So I went to LSU, finished in mathematics at LSU. Okay. So I tried to also major in math. Mm -hmm. And um, I realized that I like to do math problems, but I don't actually really care about the theory that went behind the math problem. I just want to do the problem based upon the theory. Yes. So when you were graduating in math, what were you thinking you were going to do when you graduated? So that's a great question. Um, Well, you know, I am a podcast host. Yeah, that's right. Well, there's, from what I understand, there's kind of two... there's two different schools of mathematics. There's the kind of the applicatory, the application of it. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's theoretical, which you're learning about the theorems and why 2 plus 2 equals 2 and that kind of stuff. Which I literally was in a number set theory class that taught you about why 2 plus 2 equals 2. Um, yeah, but I, I did that a class like that and I was like... Just, just, it's because it's four. Yeah, that's right. Well, actually, that ended up being one of the easier pod, uh, easier podcasts, one of the easier um, theory classes that I took. The calculus, um, they they blew my mind. Uh, But what what our professor, uh, who was the former dean of mathematics, told us was very brilliantly intelligent, both artistically, but then, you know, um, um, uh, what's the other term? The, the mechanical side of the mathematical side. Uh, he, was, he was both. He was a concert pianist, a brilliant mathematician. Uh, he, he was in the Navy, I think. Anyway, and then was in dance in college. And it's wow. like, that's just a combination of all kinds of stuff. And it, it made me sad that I'm... Not any of those. No. <laughs> well, you're not. I mean, that's interesting. I feel like that's a creative side, artistic side, and analytical. Yeah, oh, what, absolutely. What analytical. That was the word I was trying to think of. I mean, awesome. I, I am a podcast. That's right. So, <laughs> so um, well, I was sitting there in all these theor- theoretical classes and may have been one of two uh, um, American, no true Americans. The rest of them were Asian from from the Far East or from India, and uh, of all those people that were in my classes, and I would sit there and I would look at these folks that they enjoyed doing this, and but I enjoy people, you know, and I'm like, there's no way I'm doing anything where I'm just teaching these classes or something. Something that is that deep into mathematics that nobody in the world outside of a small, very small group really understands. Because mm-hmm. like you said, I just know two plus two equals four. Mm-hmm. I don't need to know the why. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's how most people are, you know, is they just they don't want to they don't want to get into the weeds of all that. And so that's what I knew that I wanted. I enjoy numbers and I enjoy computations, but um, I enjoy people. Too much too. So. Yeah, that, but you still went through. You just went ahead and finished your degree. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and you're probably too far into it. But I was too far into it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you graduate, and uh, what year was that? Well, what year was it, or what year was it supposed to be? Let's just say what year was it, <laughs> yeah, because it was, I've been to school twice. You know that one. Yeah. What's it supposed to be? <laughs> That's right. So it was 1995. Is when okay. I finally finished, got my degree. Here's the reason why, is that I had a algebra theorem class that I actually failed. And the only time they uh, oh. mm-hmm. they offered it was in the spring, and so I had to wait a whole new year. So I would have been 94, but I screwed around too much and was a little bit of an uh, idiot at that time. We all were. Yeah. We, all? we were actually just talking about how we don't... We didn't really appreciate that time in our life. Absolutely not. Yeah. I, what I what I did now I wasn't a party going guy back in uh, at LSU. Uh, I was actually uh, part of a group called Campus Crusade for Christ, and I had a group of guys where um, we cut up and we played a lot of intramural sports. And so, if we weren't playing intramural sports, we were out playing uh, pickup basketball or pickup football or something like that. And so I enjoyed that time from the social aspect and the athletic aspect, but the academic aspect kind of struggled a little bit. Yeah. I kind of, I don't know. Some people just aren't good students. I don't feel like I'm a good student. 
Yeah. I feel like I'm a great student. <laughs> I love school. I, I want think, to go back. I think, it, you know, the the one thing we, you know, Pete has gone, my brother Pete, who's one of my partners uh, at, in our firm, he's gone through strategic coach for a number of years. And strategic coach talks about there are some things that you're uniquely gifted at and then your toes are tapping and your energy's up and you kind of lose sense of time when you're doing those things. And uh, for some people, it may not be necessarily school as it is some of the subjects. Yeah. You know, because there's probably a subject you would say, I enjoy That's immersing true. myself in That's that. That's true. You weren't passionate about the math, right. so you just were kind of tuned out, which yeah. is the same. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. No, I know exactly why you weren't a good student. Do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> or why you said you weren't a good student. <laughs> why? Because I feel like you put a lot of pressure on yourself, and I feel like if you were to go like back to school in five years for something you really wanted to do when there wasn't any pressure, I feel like that's a different story. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Podcast is almost like taxi confessions. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, I'm just Therapy. saying. But it's like when that's I thought, right. when I got out of college, I was so ready to get out of college. Like I just I was ready to get out of school mm-hmm. because there was a lot of pressure of you need to graduate, you need to get a job, but yeah. like. Right now, I could go back to school, and even when I went back to school the second time, I was kind of like, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. That sucks. I'm now I'm the one paying for it, but there wasn't that much outside pressure other than what I was putting on myself. It's almost like we should go into the workforce first and then go to school. Yeah, how the hell does anybody know what they want to do when they're 18? No, no. I mean, there's only I always look at it like there's only a few people, and it's usually the ones that. They, they know they want to be a doctor. Yeah. They know they want to, uh, maybe, maybe attorneys, I know a lot of attorneys who finished a general degree and then went maybe three years of working and was like, man, I ain't doing this. I'm going to go back and get my law degree. Yeah. And yeah. so, kind of like what you did with, you know, accounting. And I just went to the accounting and then maybe I'll go to law school. Yeah. Because I feel like I could make a decent attorney. I like to argue with people and I like to be right. I would want you yeah. to represent me. <laughs> you would want me to represent Oh, lady, I fight for you. <laughs> Get passionate. Get cash. <laughs> could you see your face on a billboard? I could. Uh, <laughs> wow, Lainey is super talkative yeah, today. Man, I think it's because we went to that career fair. I love and when Lainey nobody talking. talked to us. Yeah. In that so, Lacroix y'all are drinking. It's just, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you graduated, and then what did you do after that? So immediately after graduating, I went and worked at the Louisiana Business and Technology Center, which is a small business incubator. Uh, Charlie D'Agostino was my um, uh, was kind of the, the guy I knew and uh, brought me in, put me under his wing, and I worked in the Louisiana Technology Transfer Office, which is Sounds so official. It's it's something, and so it's uh, it's taking technology that's developed in. Um, in government labs with government taxpayer dollars and trying to transfer that technology to uh, uh, entrepreneurs that can use it for other things. So things that have come out of that, that that you would know of would be like cordless drills. You know, they, they created those battery pack drills for NASA, you know, NASA created them for space stuff. And so things like that, you know, that's, that's one that's notable. And so I would go around and I call up, uh, businesses and, and just go have a conversation with them, you know, and the, sometimes there'd be a person from uh, NASA's technology transfer and otherwise it was sometimes it was just me. Seems like that was a good fit at the time. Did you like, did you enjoy that? Um, I did. I, th- I think, um, it's interesting when I look at my career path, and where I'm at now, even as an advisor, is uh, none of my career choices had a whole heck of a lot of structure. In other words, when you're a, I, I would I would assume, and maybe I'm wrong, but when you're a young accountant, mm-hmm. you definitely have some pretty big structure that around how you spend your time. You know, um, yeah, almost to uh, to the point where it gets annoying. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, none of mine have ever had structure. It's kind of like, you know, if you put effort here, if you do this, you do this, you're going to have success. But no, nobody was over my head or had a thumb on over me saying, you have to do this. You have to do this many whatevers. And, and so I don't feel like you that. I feel like if somebody did that to you, you would 
hate it. Yes. Absolutely. You would not succeed. You I, would do the opposite. I think that's a good point. And so maybe maybe it's because of years of habit <laughs> of not having anybody over my head. Um, and, and it's funny. You get to an age where you start to reflect on your life and, and you know, for some it's, it's all the time for me, it probably took a little longer and maybe it's the part of the midlife crisis in quotes, uh, a deal, but I start to reflect and say, why do I act the way I act? And, you know, what do I believe? Why do I believe the way I believe? And, um, and I just, I, I, I just know that I, I'm, I like structure, but I don't like structure. And I, that's throw that out there. Do you, do you think that's cause you're the baby? I, oh, absolutely. I think because that's all I, I, I too am the baby and I'm like relate. I'm resonating with this. And so you're the baby of how many? Five. Yeah. So, so the baby of bigger groups of litter of kids, um, litters. Well, that's what we <laughs> were. Really. Um, is is your uh tag? You know, you're pulled along. You're you're you're. You, there's not a lot of stuff that you're going to be the pioneer of, uh-huh. and so you're just kind of hey tugged along. Hey, come on, let's go this way. And um, and in fact, Pete said, and I'm trying to think where he said who he was talking to. He said this. He goes, Andy was kind of like the we're all marching in order, and you look back, and Andy's kind of you know just kind of looking around, and oh look at that, that's cool, and da, da, da. and and so come on, Andy, come on, you know. And yeah. so I think there's a little bit of that, and uh, and that's just part of my nature, you know. And what birth order do you think I am? Oh, your first. <laughs> Absolutely. And the first grandchild on one side of the family. So, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. this is this makes sense. That's and probably why I'm an Enneagram. What am I? Eight, you're an eight. And you're a one. I'm a one. Okay. And it's interesting because... And Patrick, wife. before you get mad about the Enneagram thing, I asked Patrick to take the Enneagram. Or is it Enneagram? Enneagram. 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 I'm Enneagram. mispronouncing it. Just letting you know, babe, I, I sent it to him to see what he was, and he never took it. So. Uh, you should take it, Patrick, because it does does reveal some things that you probably already know, but it you know positions it in a good way. It's very validating. I think so. I think that's a good way to put it. Lady, I think she's just growing up. Right <laughs> <before her eyes. laughs> um, but but it's interesting. You're an eight. The my work spouse, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're an eight. My wife is an eight. Yeah. Pete Bush is an eight. Um, there are two other people in my life, and for whatever reason, I'm forgetting they're eights also. Oh, you're surrounded by eights. I am. Gravitated to eights. And I'm a nine. I'm the peacemaker. And so I'm right next to you, and they actually say that that a peacemaker and an eight and a peacemaker and a one really, you know, usually... Should probably get Tommy Lejeune to do this. Because you're one and a nine. No, no sorry, not. I was wrong. I, uh, I knew we were opposite, so I immediately went from eight to one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, by the way, when I, um, uh, there's a uh, lady at my office who encouraged me to take this test, and I took it. When I told her, she goes, "Oh, you're the most dangerous one." And I was like, "What does that mean?" What? She goes, "Well, they say that the nine is kind of a doppelganger. They they will get along with the the eight or the one or the four or the seven. You know, whoever I'm with, I kind of I kind of agree to. And and that's part of you know that that thing is when you're unhealthy, you remove yourself and you make that person the most important, which can be valuable at times. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, especially in kind of the business I'm in, you know, I want to make sure oh, yeah. people feel that they're the most important. And so, um, but then it can be bad at times when I don't stand up for myself and I don't assert myself. I don't put boundaries. You were about to say it. I want to beat you. <laughs> uh, Wait, so Andy and uh, his wife invited us to something a couple of weeks ago and I just basically texted back, thanks for thinking of us so we can't make it. And when we talk the next week, he goes, I told Heather that you were setting some boundaries. Because <laughs> I know. <laughs> I took it recently, and I am also a nine. Woo-hoo! This makes so much sense. I've been a seven before. I don't know. Uh, I've heard it can change. I've heard it can change. I follow a lot of these accounts, and, like, some of my favorite series that people have done are where you go to in stress. Like, you become yeah, a different number. That's or, right. like, when you're mm-hmm. feeling a certain way, you act more like this number. Yep. But the numbers that are closest together have the most similarities, because... You get into the wings and all of that. Yeah. So, so um, oh, I don't think mine will ever change. Robbie Olivier. I he's don't know if I should say he's an eight. Oh, it's okay. And we 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 sat there at a ball game talking about it. 
Uh, and, and, and I said, that makes hey, sense. everybody, everybody that eight. is like, I'm really quiet and tight with. All right. I, I do wonder if eights, I don't know if it's, but I mean, you and I are tight. What do you think? I guess. <laughs> do you know? I don't know. I'm a two. See? Wow. That's a helper. And I'm surrounded by a lot of twos. I don't know. I, I just threw that we out there because about the my, way you... In my Bible study group, group, we were like, we're all twos. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. So I feel like, the, again, this still, still goes back, like, that this, that personality or whatever that is. So it's funny because all the people that you mentioned that are eights are definitely in the type A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to the type A almost plus yeah. category, yeah. right? Yeah, I think all those personality assessments kind of and, tie into mm-hmm. one another. And, and yeah, I think so. I, and I don't know where the type A, I don't know, is, is there a test you take to find that out? Or do people just say that it's type A? He's an or 10 of, I mean, da, 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 whatever. Um, I always tell people I'm type Z because I'm pretty much the opposite of a type. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah. You are. But, but oh, I was going to say. But you can be, a, I, I feel like, it's same thing with like introvert and extrovert. Like yeah. if you have to, Qualities. you can have type A quality. Oh, absolutely. That's the, and when I, you get to a certain point. See, yeah. I've always told this about you and even our partner, our managing partner, Tommy. Like if you take, if you take a threshold of something and let's say it takes a hundred before a normal person like Andy or that has a good disposition gets mad, it takes about five. I don't know how to put that. Like I'm emotional, yeah. quick decisions, high stress, you know, but then I feel like people like y'all, you let things go for so long. And then once it gets to a point, I'm just going to say, like, you get mad at somebody, yeah. right? You're like, I've given you everything I need to give you person in my life. And I'm not giving you anymore. Like this is the last straw. Every day is the last straw for every person in my life. It depends on the day. It does. It depends on the day. It depends on the day. Okay. So uh, I was going to say, uh, talking about, you know, that some of those revelations I found in reflecting it with, with myself is, is I've always felt that I've had this, I've had this confident underlying current that I'm going to be okay. No matter what, you know, if I don't make the mark of, hey, we've got these deliverables or these, uh, these uh, the initiations, initiatives, I'm sorry, that we want to uh, strive towards. If I don't make them, I still have for whatever reason, and it might be because I'm the last and I always, even though I didn't, uh, I was never the leader out of my, my siblings and in, in, in really anything that I was okay, you know, and I was enough and I was good and, you know, and, and would be successful no matter what I did. And so there, I've always had that, this underlying current that, you know, no matter where my feet land, I'm going to be okay. I, I, I need to think that every single day because <laughs> Rome is also burning every single day in Melissa's mind. Yeah. I'm like, it's, it, we're destroyed. Yeah, right. And no, granted, I have days like that, you know, where I question myself and I doubt myself and things like that. But I've got these phones are awesome, by the way, because, you know, you can set reminders, but the reminders don't have to be, hey, pick up the dry cleaning after work. It can be reminding yourself of who you are. And that's what I use it for. And so I've got reminders that it's deep, Andy. I know. I've, I literally, I mean, you guys might think I'm a little psychotic, but I've probably got about 25 of them. And they come on, you know, some of them come on daily, you know, uh, that that might say, uh, God loves you every day. Pray for others every day. But then others might be every four days, once a month. i got one that's monthly that says, where are you trending? You know, the, the sum of your habits, where is that actually taking you? And I'm like, oh, crap, I'm drinking way too much red wine. <laughs> and, and, and that makes me not care about what I eat. And that's, you know, why I sometimes get unhappy about my body, you mm-hmm. know. And so so you start to really, really not just read it, but, but think about it just for a few minutes and say, okay, what can I do? You know, what can I control? Control. I love that you use reminders for that. I'm just, I'm thinking about what I need to set mine to. (laughs) Well, call me up and we can share. I definitely (laughs) need to to instill those because, like, my watch tells me to be mindful. And I feel like anytime that comes on, I just like, oh, shut up. But if I had some, like, actual words to tell me something, I just feel like that might actually work. Yeah. And there's there's a a book I read, um, was that last year? 21, I think think it was, early 21. And it, uh, I think I've told you about it. It's called The Cure, and it talks about kind of 
the the way we perceive God and and the way we might carry shame in who we are and the screw ups we've had and all that kind of stuff and and if depending on how you believe but if you believe that uh, and this is getting deep but uh, but yeah like deep. but if you believe you know that Christ really died for your sins and that kind of stuff and so he talks about all that shame you carry it's, it, it doesn't matter. You know, it's been, with your relationship with God because that's been bridged, mm-hmm. that's been amended, and so. Uh, well, it's not how God. I mean, it's not how God sees you. That's that's exactly right. Like, but you don't feel that way, right? Right. You feel like, gosh, I'm such a piece of crap. I cut off that old lady, or you know, whatever. You know, I'm driving. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't cut them off. I actually cuss them, which is bad. But I did. Again, I don't know if you have it on this podcast where I called and I was like. Traffic sucks. It does suck. It definitely does suck here. And it, it is hard on your patience whenever you need to get somewhere. And I think that's where I'm a type A. When I'm driving, I'm like, why are people driving like bozos? Can you they see, not just, you know, Andy split drives kind of crazy. Yeah, well, I drive uh, fast. I, 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 he's always late. <laughs> that could be true, too. But um, but I, I drive with uh, passion. Yeah, intention. You're intentional <laughs> when you I'm drive. Very intentional. Okay, so let's talk about just so that our listeners know what your day to day job is. Yes. You mentioned it, but so you're a partner at Horizon Financial Group. Okay. And we are a uh, I guess we'd say a little boutique. We're family owned, but gr- we've grown over the years. Family owned financial advisory practice. Where we do financial planning, investment planning, uh, insurance planning, and then retirement plans. And so my uh, probably specialization is retirement plans. So for companies, so 401k plans, 403bs, 457s, SEP, simples, all those kinds of things, and non-qualified plans. Did you Were you always doing that when you started there, or were you doing personal financial planning? I was doing personal. Okay. And so I, 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 when I spoke to Spoken, Spoken? I was not an English guy. Is it spoken or when I spoke to? Don't ask me. I'm a okay, good. attorney CPA. That's right. So when I have spoken to, maybe that's the best way to say I think that sounds good. Yeah. Uh, groups of advisors, what I tell them is everybody that gets into financial advisory work starts as like a vacuum cleaner. It's picking up every bit of Cheerio, Lint, and whatever else. It's just taking everything in that it can get because you're trying to, you're a small business owner. You're trying to sustain your income so you can feed your kids and things like that. But as you mature in your practice, then you can really start to specialize. And especially the way we have our practice built where we're what's called an ensemble practice. So it's similar to a CPA practice, you know, that I'm not only going to get paid on the things that only I bring in after I pay my expenses. I'm going to put all my money into the pot Mm -hmm. and I'm getting paid a salary. And then there's profit at the end, you know, after we pay all the expenses. So anyway, long story short is I was the vacuum cleaner at the beginning, just like just about everybody is. But then I realized, hey, I've got a good number of retirement plans and I've had to learn how to be good at them so I can service them well and take care of the people and lead them and guide them. So I'm going to ask you this. Yeah. Oh, here do we go. Prefer, no, I just want to be like, and I feel like you, you like working with people, Yeah. but do you like working more with retirement plans or do you like working with the personal or is there just, that's just kind of two different worlds and there's two different, it's rewarding in different ways. That's probably a better way to put it. I mean, the um, when you have when you work with a retirement plan, you really have a couple different clients. You have the business owner slash plan sponsor, mm-hmm. making sure that they're doing all their their appropriate duties because you can't. It's setting up a retirement plan. It's not just setting it up and getting people enrolled. There's some fiduciary responsibilities and duties that you have to pay attention to, and you of course know all of the the administrative side and the the checks and balances of a plan where um, and then you also have as an advisor you have the the uh, uh, employees or mm-hmm. participants and they're your clients too and uh, and so you want to make sure you take care of them and I think from a rewarding standpoint they they're the more rewarding if pay were no issue that's what, what I would spend time on mm-hmm. because the mass people the mass amounts of people, really don't think about it. Like 
lady said earlier, she said, I didn't think about what if I lived to 90, you know? And, and, you know, I always tell people, hey, as long as you're still breathing at 70 and 75 and 80 and 85, you're going to have expenses. You're going to have lights that you want to turn on. You're going to want to have food on the table. You know, you're going to have to pay for those things. Mm -hmm. How are you going to pay for them? And so part of it is take a little bit every paycheck and put it to the side into a plan so that you will have those, uh, those things. But the personal side is very rewarding because those folks become good friends. You know, they're, they are getting financially naked in front of you and kind of have revealed not just what their dollars are, their assets are that they have, but a lot of their habits because in, in many ways, we become behavioral coaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was about to say, because I feel like you end up, you, you really, I feel like those types of conversations, you really get have to get deep with people. Mm-hmm. Like you probably, they probably end up revealing things sometimes that oh. like their spouse is like. Their fears, their yeah. concerns. Yeah. 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 And so one of our questions is, hey, if we're sitting here three years from today, and, and this, this, this is very uh, uh, is an is a epiphany to some people. We're sitting here three years from today and we're looking back to this meeting. What things over that three-year period have to have happened for you to feel like you've made progress? They make you content. So you're, you're, we're three years from today. What issues or concerns or worries do you just not, do you have now that you just don't want to have? Mm-hmm. And there's a, a situation where you're in with a, a sitting with a couple and one of them pipes up and says, uh, well, you know, we've got three kids and one of them we've had to support all of her adult life. And I feel like she's stealing from our the inheritance the other kids are going to get. And the, the husband looks at her and 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 that. It's been on her mind. It's been in the back of her mind and it's been this worry and it came out. And that's the kind of stuff that you ask those kinds of questions and allow for people to think things start to pop up, you know, that they've had on their mind and maybe not ever discussed with their spouse. Well, because I do feel like those are hard discussions to have. There's certain discussions that are easier than others to have with a spouse. Right. And it's good to have a moderator, right? Yes. And and I do feel like, you know, it's, I've always said this about Patrick. I'm very blessed because Patrick is just a saver by nature. Like he is not like, we like to go to nice dinners. We like to, you know, do things for people. So I wouldn't say we don't spend money, but like, he's just a saver and he's just very practical. So like, I've never had to... I don't want to say like rein them in, but I guess I just have some friends that their husbands really like nice things or they have a hobby that might be expensive and there's nothing wrong with that, but it can create tension if you're not on the same page, you know? Yeah, and it can create uh, potential financial potholes, you know, down the road. Yeah, I mean, I really do feel like financial freedom or feeling secure financially is priceless. Oh, absolutely. And I think that that's different. That means different things for different people. So, you know, um, one of the things that my financial advisor said, and when I wanted him to do so, when I asked, like, this doesn't make sense if you spreadsheet it, but this makes me sleep at night. He said, Mm -hmm. well, then do what makes you sleep at night. That's right. You have plenty of time to save, you know, pay off that debt. If you can pay off that debt, even if, yes, if you spreadsheet it, you should probably be putting that money in the market, you know? And so I think there's, I think a good financial advisor, in my opinion, will give you the advice that might not make them that, the financial advisor money at that particular point, because it'd be better if I put money in the market, more of it. But, um, it's kind of the, it's, it it is that peace of mind, what, what helps you sleep better mm -hmm. at night. And, and it doesn't always make the best financial sense, as long as it's not, detrimental to your plan right you know to your overall plan yes so um okay so that's that's your your like real life that's my day job that's your day job at night you should (laughs) (laughs) what are some of your hobbies so i like tennis uh i i I used to play golf and i I love golf but golf is such a time-consuming endeavor endeavor yeah and it's good time with the four people usually that you're playing with but tennis is, um, it's pretty quick, you know, and you can play at night. Um, and so we joined Bocage a few years or a year and a half ago. And and so you can play a, 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 a match. Play a set too, but play a match in an hour and a half, two hours, yeah. you know, depending on how good it is. Uh, and then you can go socialize after and still you haven't wasted all your day. 
Golf. Well, and you can play it at night. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, golf, you have to play it in the day. And, It'd be pretty uh, dangerous if you tried to play golf it, at night. That's know? right. Yeah. They do have uh, uh, they do have night golf where they do glow in the dark mm-hmm. stuff, which is actually fun. I've played it before, and it's oh, a lot of fun if you're playing with the right people. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it could be dangerous. Yeah, that's possibly. right. But I'm not that. I mean, I'm. I, I've got this athletic ability in me. It, it, you might be surprising if you saw me. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm. You know, I don't take lessons. My, my wife will say you're an unorthodox, unconventional tennis player, and I am. I, I was a pitcher in in high school, and then you know, playing um, over at Florida Tech, and so I've got this ability to serve pretty decently, but. Uh, you know, it comes down to the, you know, talk about behavior and finances. It's the performance uh, psychology playing tennis. It's the, the confidence to make a stroke, you know, whether it's forehand or backhand. And that's where I struggle. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're not being paid to play tennis. So well, that's a good okay. point. Yeah. You know? But we're but all a little a, competitive. Yeah, that's right. It's a lot of fun. I've seen you hit the ball at Top Golf. <laughs> yeah. Pretty strong. You got some strength. I love tennis, and at some point I will get back into it. You should. I know. I've, I've been encouraging you. Pushing me. Yeah. Basically. But, I mean, strong, I, need, I, I need some lessons before I get my booty back on a court. No, you do not. You have not even seen me play, Maggie. What you played in high school, you don't just forget that. Yeah, I mean, it's muscle memory. I need to go hit with bit. somebody That's before right. I, like, go and play a match. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Go volley with somebody, but I don't think you need to take lessons again. Oh well, thank you for that that encouragement. A vote of confidence. I mean, yeah, would it's you it's muscle memory, yeah. and it's just a just it it is the confidence, right? We the, we talk about confidence as a muscle, just like anything else. And if yeah. you continue to do the same thing, when I played tennis um, for for several times throughout a week or a couple weeks. I'll get out there and I don't think about how I'm hitting. Right. I just hit, you know, and and that's that's when you are natural, you know, and you're you're not. Um, I feel like I have a pretty have a pretty good backhand. I like playing backhand better than forehand. Oh, there you go. I have a terrible backhand. Oh, I love playing backhand. But, I don't know why, which sounds so backwards, but I don't know. I played backhand. My dad played forehand when we played in tournaments. Yeah, interestingly enough, interestingly enough, I cut my backhand. He did too. And, and, I mean, it's got a heck of a lot of spin, spin on, on it. it. And so if a person just comes up and tries to hit it straight, it's going down because the spin is backwards. Mm. And it's going it, to – that's the, just the reaction it has off the racket. Um, and then it checks up if they let it hit the ground. Yeah. So. My uh, my dad was really good at tennis. Yeah. Yeah. And he, like, didn't look like he was going to be good at tennis. No offense. He's just yeah. not a very intimidating looking – I mean, Maggie's – Maggie's basically met my entire family at this particular point in her career. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but he would we'd get on the court and then you know I mean he had a great serve and we always had a lot of fun playing in tournaments. Cool. So before we wrap up, yeah, you read a lot to me of like professional and I'm gonna say self help, but I don't. That's not what I mean. Just yeah. professional type books. What would you say? And like I try to read them, and yeah. I probably get through seventy five percent of any professional book that I've ever read or tried to listen to. Yeah. So I'm not a good spokeswoman for that. Yeah. What do you? What would be your favorite that you have read in your the past couple of years that you kind of think about? So um, there's a couple. Uh, when it comes to finances, the psychology of money by Morgan Housel is very good. When it comes to behavior, um, it's probably um, James Clear wrote the Atomic Habit. Keep, Atomic Habits. There was an Sorry. influencer that keeps talking. Have you read that one, Maggie? And I have it like reserved at the library. Yeah, and and so that one is is he has a lot of science and research references to how you can change your habits, and it takes uh, it, it it takes uh, a very disciplined mindset to do. To, to, to be com- uh, consistent with it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, that's, you know, like I said earlier, is when I see that how are you trending uh, note on or reminder on my phone, you know, I'm like, I take a deep breath. I'm like, well, I could do better, you know. And and, um, and so um, that one is probably, and there's a couple other ones that are about habits. Um, uh, uh, James, is it Dutter? Dutter? I think had one called uh, 
something about habits, um, but I can't. I, I didn't read it, but that's on in the same circle. Um, in fact, I think James Clear actually refers to that book. I don't know if it's called Tiny Habits. Do you listen to these books or you read them? I listen. Yeah. Yeah. And let me let me look at my list. There might be something else that jumps out. There's I feel the, like I've read. Too. I've either read Atomic Habits or I've bought it or and and didn't read it. I yeah. feel like one of those two things have happened. Um, Let's check Amazon because I think it'll tell you if you buy it, if you yeah. bought it. Oh, I tell you, there was one called the Obesity Code that was good personally. Yeah, for, you liked that one. I, I dropped a little bit of weight from that, and actually, I went on this trip. I was just at that convention, mm-hmm. and I came back and I got on the scale, and I didn't really. Gain the pound. I'm never going on the scale. Actually, I don't get on the scale ever. So. Well, I did it because I didn't feel good. Of course, I got home last night at like 2 o'clock in the in morning. In the morning? Yeah. because I our... was wondering about that whenever we scheduled this for yeah, today. Our... Are you tired? I'm pretty tired. Okay. Uh, Brene Brown has some good things. Yeah. She talks about shame and stuff. Yeah. You don't like her? Mm-hmm. I mean, she depends. <laughs> uh, let me see. Oh, oh, I'm, no, tell you... I went, I'm just going to say like sometimes I think she's extreme. Yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah, if that's yeah, the yeah. best way to put it. There are no, dramatic, I dramatic. Yeah. I would think I would resonate with that. But um, there was one podcast that she did that she that was recommended. And I thought it was really good, um, and it was about um, comparative suffering. I might have mentioned this on the podcast before. I'm gonna I'm gonna botch up what this was about, but it was kind of around the time that. Um, COVID was happening, you know, and there was just kind of like chaos, and people were in dire straits and everybody's kind of going through this differently. And, you know, I found myself being like, if I was stressed out because work was stressful, and we didn't know how we were going to make decisions. I'd be like, okay, but at least I don't have anybody in the hospital or at least I don't have this. Like I really need well, to be grateful. My job. Huh? Yeah. Her comparative suffering is that it's okay to feel stressed out about something yeah. and not constantly compare yourself to, well, so-and-so has it worse. And so-and-so has it worse. <laughs> I agree with that. Sometimes, you know, it, you do need to think about being grateful, you know, mm-hmm. but I liked how she's, cause I feel like that's what people say. You need to be grateful. I liked how she spun that one. Yeah. Um, and I've liked some of the stuff that she's written. I'm just like, again, I've never finished one of her books. Yeah. Uh, that's all right. <laughs> I finished, I finished, um, not dare to lead. There was another one. Hold on. I'll say anyway, there's, there's two more. I was going to say something about one is, uh, Ryan holiday has a series on kind of stoicism, uh, the one that I finished was called um, Courage is Calling. No, I'm sorry. Obstacle is the Way. Call, Courage is Calling is in my queue. Mm. Obstacle is the Way. And um, and then the other one that I, I liked a lot is uh, Prisoners of Our Thoughts. And it's about um, the teachings of uh, um, Victor Franklin. Uh, Franklin? Franklin. Who was the... the um, he was the um, uh, World War II. Jeez, um, 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 I'm losing my thought. That's because you're sleep deprived. Uh, that's probably. This right. is why you were late. Yeah, this is partly why I was. I, late. I, I, I will. I'll give you a pass. If I would have gotten in at two a.m., I would have texted me and said, "No, we're yeah. scheduling." Oh, I'm sorry. Victor Frankel was a prisoner of war. Victor Frankel. Oh yeah, Frankel. Um, and he he was a psychologist before going into uh, being. He was in Auschwitz and all that. And, um, and so he, what he found is in those concentration camps is the people who set hope on a date, a certain date, we're going to be out by Thanksgiving. We're going to be, well, they didn't have Thanksgiving. We're going to be out by Christmas or we're going to be out by Easter or what some date. And when that, and they had hope and hope and hope. And when then that date came and went and they weren't out, they went into depression. Mm -hmm. They lost all hope. Right. And instead of that, he said, you know, you, you know, he talked about meaningfulness and those very uh, deep stuff, because I think that's what everybody really wants is they want to find that their life has meaning. Right. There's meaningfulness about it. And we maybe substitute, you know, what we really have with the car we drive or the, the places we tra- travel or the things we eat or whatever. And so this is kind of going back to the cure and my Christian faith is, you know, where do you find meaningfulness, you know, and stop, you know, just try to erase all the noise that's out there, you know, block it out and find out what is meaningful to you and live that out. I mean, it sounds like 
really easy to do. It's not. And it's not easy. It's not easy to do. It just sounds, I'm like, yes, meaning I will, I'm going to walk out this door. My life will be changed. Oh, yeah. I mean, like driving over here, (laughs) like a bat out of hell. Um, I'm, you know, all I'm right on people's bumpers, you know, and I hate to do that because I know I'm late and I know y'all are, I don't want y'all well, to be disappointed in me. And yeah, so that's that people pleaser. Well, you didn't know you were late until I called you. That's right. That's right. I thought it was one thirty. <laughs> no, but, um, but, uh, then the other and, side. And just for the record, you've never been late to a client meeting. Okay. Yeah. Listeners, this there was just a. That's right. Yes. It's not really a habit. A no, bad it's habit. not a habit. Um, like, that's why I called you. If yeah. you were normally late, I wouldn't have called you. I'd have been like, he's always late. Yeah. But you're not. With my driving, uh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Most of the time, Andy's like, I'm going to be there, but I'm coming in hot. <laughs> yeah, that's right. With my driving, what I have discovered is I have these expectations that are just stupid. Mm. They're stupid. Like, why should the light, you know, go be green for me? I mean, there's no rhyme or reason to why the light is switching when it's switching, other than usually, um, or why that person turned or this. You know, it's like, come on, just control the things you can control. You can control your attitude. You can control the expectations you allow and that kind of stuff. So Yes, you can. So go check out those books. Andy always has recommendations for books. And yeah. most of the time when he recommends a book, I'm like, well, can you just give it to me or like buy it for me, you know, as like a present? So, but yes, Andy and I work together. We've worked together for 10 years. I'd say we've worked very closely probably the last six or seven whenever mm-hmm. I took over and leadership at Falcon Winkler and I probably talk to Andy every day. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You know. And I would say, you know, the only other thing is that Falcon Winkler, they don't like to get that AC too high. They want... (laughs) (laughs) You hot. I'm burning up. Yeah, it's hot. It's hot. I'm a big boy. This is... Well, you did come in like running. I did. I literally literally did. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much, Andy, our (laughs) Louisiana lad. And um, like he said, he does work, or he's a partner at Horizon Financial Group. I think the best way to to get in touch with you is go to your website, because yeah. it is a phenomenal website. Yeah, yeah. And if you want more information about that, and uh, any parting thoughts, Maggie? I hate when you do that to me. I'm like ready to close out. Okay, well, go ahead, close on out. Um, <laughs> your parting thought could be to close out. Well, okay. I I had this question earlier. I didn't ask it, and I know we're we're closing out. out. But you you talked about your your career and how it's rewarding. Do you have like a story, like a favorite memory or story or something with a client that stands out in your memory, like where you changed someone's life or? Um, yeah, uh, th- there's one. I'm putting um, you on the spot. No, I know. I, well, there's there's plenty. I'm I'm just thinking there's one that comes to mind. Um, so so one of my best friends. Uh, is Michael Merricks, and his uh, father was in this business. His father passed away 12 years ago, I think. It was a while back. And maybe no longer than that. It was 2007. And okay. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking it's 2010. There's a couple other people that passed away in 2010. But anyway, 2007. Anyway, um, his wife this this advisor's wife was involved in the business, so Mike's mom was involved in the business. And and so long story short is, you know, not only was she, they, they didn't have a great succession plan with their business. And this is a, a push to any uh, business owners to make sure you're doing that and have plans in place. Um, so I she called me and asked me if I would come help. And I did. And I stepped in and I helped her communicate with her clients and kind of got to the point where she was like, you know, I want you to, you know, I, I want to give this business, buy, you know, buy this business or whatever from you. Anyway, my my uh, story is that uh, probably a multitude of times she would come into my office and give me a hug and just cry on my shoulder. And, and she did that because she was going through a very emotional time uh, with the loss of her husband a chaotic time with trying to figure out how to salvage the, the business, but then also personal finances too. And I came in and helped with all that. And so that is, that is one where, you know, you, you get those rewards where, you know, I, I didn't think anything about, Hey, how much are we going to make on this? You know, I didn't think it wasn't a business to me. It was helping somebody. And so that's why I say about participants is if money were no object and I didn't have to, you know, 
pay my house note like everybody else does or, or uh, you know, help get my kids through college. There's a lot of that stuff that I just say, man, that's rewarding. I would, I would mm-hmm. sign up to do it for free. So, Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Maggie always just waits till the end, and then she goes like a zinger of a question, you know? Well, because a lot of times I'm just thinking in my head, and I don't ever say it. And then I'm like, well, since you put me on the spot, I'm going to ask. Well, you are the co-host. That's right. I know. I just don't want to ever, like, you know. Sometimes it's hard for me to interject. Yeah. 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 It's hard for me not to interject. (laughs) Right. (laughs) What a a dynamic duo we have here. (laughs) What's what does that mean? And poor Maggie spent all day with me yesterday. We uh, we were toting around, and you know what? It was supposed to storm. It barely rained where we went, and all of our meetings worked out, and like we didn't get lost, and we were like high fiving at the end of the day. Nice. So um, anyway, all right. Well, thank you so much, Andy, yeah, and we y'all. hope that everyone has a great week. I believe this is Easter week, and Easter week Easter yeah. Sunday is the Sunday coming up. So hopefully, we have some pretty. Spring weather. Yes. I That's, heard it's supposed to be that It's supposed tomorrow, to be huh? nice. It's supposed to be yeah. nice. So um, thanks again. Thanks, Andy. Thank y'all. Appreciate it. Bye.